Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast exploring irrelevant questions about entertainment, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Bet Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend, and check out remproductions.net. Dot net. Dot net. Dot net. It's weird that that's become the bit, but yep. it's important to specify that it is, in fact, dot net. It is. Got some content up there, got some posters for sale, so yes. check it out. Yep. Check out our corporate overlords. That's a thing. He, he's the corporate overlord. I am, in one fact, of, one of the corporate overlords. Yep. Matt, what you been up to? Very little. Um, I did mention this briefly on our spy episode, but I watched Munich in preparation for that. And yes. I talked about it a little bit within the framework of where mm-hmm. it sits in the spy movie genre. But I figured I'd talk about it a little bit as a movie, too. All right, that's fair. I also have watched Munich, so we can talk a little bit about well, it together. Well, about that? Look at that. A little conversation. Yeah, ew. That's not what we're here for. Yeah. Munich. Munich. It's pretty good. Steven Spielberg. Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg in his more serious sensibility. Yeah. I feel like there's four or five different versions of Spielberg floating around. Yeah. Most of them hate America. Yep. On, <laughs> on some level. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely some commentary about him. Because I think Munich. No, that wasn't Munich. What was the other Spielberg one that ends on the two towers? Is it Munich? Oh, yeah. Munich does. <laughs> Munich. It ends. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. So that one, like it is rare that I will ever see a shot of a movie and go, that is a very clear commentary. Yep. Um, did you take it as that? I was like, why are they? Oh, that's why they're, <laughs> cause this was filmed after 2001 considerably after it's like 2006. Yeah. yeah. And so like, having those on there was not just like oh look new york it was like clearly a point yeah so i uh yeah no i that that was a that really kind of i was picking up on some of that theme throughout the movie Mm -hmm. but that one really just like put a very solid punctuation mark on it yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it's a movie that deals with a lot of themes all yeah. at once, but the big one is violence begets violence yep. and um, vengeance leads to uh, escalation. Mm-hmm. That was that was the main one that I was thinking of was just escalation. Yep. Which is like, a, it's, I don't want to get like political, but like current events, it's like interesting to be talking about this. Mm-hmm. As literally the entire world is watching Kabul, wondering what's going to happen in the next coming months. Yeah. Because escalation like th- this is like mm-hmm. a culmination of sorts. It's not I'm not saying it's the end because it's never the end. Conflict has never stopped. Yep. Since literally humans could say words. Probably before then. Too. <laughs> Probably before then. Absolutely <laughs> before then. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Social commentary. Look brought to you that. by people who don't have any experience in <laughs> political <laughs> science or uh, global socioeconomic. <laughs> I took a poli sci class once. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I took social studies all the way through elementary school. <laughs> no. Anyway, Munich. Munich. So I think ultimately my biggest problem with it is that it is a movie that tries to do like six or seven different things Mm. and it does them all effectively it just feels like a movie that's trying to do six or seven things instead of one or two very Mm. focused things yeah um and it's an effective 
social commentary and sort of meditation on the nature of violence and the yep. cyclical vengeance stuff. Um, it's a very effective spy movie. We talked about that last week. Like yep. the, um, it is sort of like at least the first half is sort of the fun classic formulation of the specialized team, and they're going to go in yeah. and they're going to do their little jobs and kill the bad guys, and it's going to be great. But then it switches. And you almost don't sense the switch until it's too late. Yeah. And it becomes the paranoia and yep. the um, just the sense that you're completely outmatched and don't know where the next blow is coming from. Yeah. Uh, really effective. Yep. Really, really well done. Um, and pays back on some stuff that came up earlier in the movie very nicely. Yeah. Um, let's see. The... It, it's visually really compelling. He does like a sort of a grainy, it looks like a seventies movie, Mm -hmm. um, which is, I feel like in a lesser director's hands, it would have come across as a, as a gimmick. Yeah. An affected choice. Yeah. But for Spielberg and part of it is just the way he films it with like the pan zooms and the the slow, slow paced stuff that makes it feel more like a seventies espionage movie. I mean, when did Spielberg, like when was E.T.? Uh, E.T. was mid eighties, but he—I mean, Jaws was seventy-five. Okay, I was—I was gonna say I didn't know—I don't know when his movies came out, yeah. but I knew that he was from like that he had been successful in the seventies. So yeah. it was less of a um a mimicry and more of a going back to what he started as old guy still got it yeah so it, it felt more natural having yeah. someone like taika watiti try to do that probably wouldn't have worked as well i still remember there is one just gratuitous and i don't even know why it's in their shot in rise of skywalker where it's like the pan zoom mm. um they've crash landed on the planet and they got out and uh the the moon where uh the death star crashed um and they have gotten out and are walking up the hill and it's like a pan zoom and it kind of yeah. goes up the hill towards them and it was super out of place and yeah. very jarring it's like it's like something that a drone shot would have done better at like it was trying to yeah. kind of do that establishing come up to them but like mm-hmm. a pan zoom has a different yeah very different look than like an actual yeah. like a dolly shot yeah it's effective film language used correctly right the um the old man and the gun did you ever see that one nope uh, Robert Redford's last movie. Yes. Um, and I do know. Yeah, I didn't know what it yeah, was. Basically. And it's it's period piece, and he's a he's a bank robber in the '60s or so, and it does a lot of that, like the more the grainy stock and the the pan zooms and the um, it just it feels like an older movie. Yeah. And there, it's used effectively because it's the whole package, and it's yeah, Eric banna's really good eric banna i he's a guy that like i i've i know he was the hulk Mm -hmm. and i know or think i know that he was in the run for batman at one point i could see it or was a fan casting maybe yeah no he kind of gives off sort of halfway between michael keaton christian bale vibes yeah it's like he's an he's an actor that i feel like i'd never see in a movie Mm -hmm. except Anytime I see him in a movie, I'm like, oh, this is the first time I've actually seen Eric Bana in a movie. I look back and I've seen him in four other movies. Yeah. <laughs> He's always just kind of Eric Ben under your radar. I'll accept it. That was good. 
Wasn't, wasn't that good? No, it was no, actually really bad. I just bad. Want, I just, wanted, just wanted to give wanted... a different reaction than I normally do, where I scream <laughs> at you somehow. Fair. So okay. Yeah, I appreciate also, positivity. Also, um, speaking of um, spy movies and Munich, I don't know how Daniel Craig. It was just <laughs> weird to me, like seeing him like that, because my only experience with Daniel Craig is like in a suit. Mm-hmm. and I'll be at James Bond. And then also like the donut with the hole within the don't, mm-hmm. there's a hole in the donut. Yep. Like, but not like, I don't know th- this. It took a while for me to like settle into this mm-hmm. version of this version of Daniel Craig. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, as I just, <laughs> I think that's just a you think. Cause was, I, I took to it immediately. Yeah. Really, it took me a while like, to yeah. realize it was him. And then it took me a while <laughs> to settle into it. Yeah. No, this, I mean, you can definitely see the threads of early bond in him though. Mm-hmm. In that, just in the way he plays that character. Like yeah. he, he starts off and he's just the, you know, he's the goofball of the group. Yeah. But towards the end, he's just, he's got that relentless intensity that yeah. pops out in certain scenes and you're like, Oh, there's James Bond. Yep. That's why he got that job. Yep. Yeah. All right. Munich. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, absolutely. Check it out. I, it's one of the movies that, uh, that along with bridge of spies, I, I know that Spielberg is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he's like all in all these fantastic movies that he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the movies that like sold me on them. Okay. And I don't know if it's the fact that I am, partial towards espionage movies and these do them Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i i need to go back and watch all of his movies i've seen a lot of his big movies but when i was a child and can't remember anything yeah um i feel like i need to go back and watch them again it is kind of weird to come back to like raiders of the lost ark yeah i haven't seen it i hadn't seen it since i was probably 12 and i was just it's one of those movies that you just, you know, it's great, but you don't think about it being great. You just kind of yeah. accept it. Yeah. But then you actually watch it and you're thinking about it a little more critically and it's like, holy crap, this is really good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the exact same experience I had when watching uh, Pirates. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I knew as, as a kid that it was good. I liked it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then there was that time I watched it a couple months ago and I was like, this is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um yeah no so i think that's the thing with like spielberg is that i just accept that all of his movies are good and that he's good mm-hmm. but i've never appreciated him it's never been a one-on-one appreciation until munich and cemented so with bridge of spies interesting but uh, yeah no, I, I buy it all right okay anything else uh i played my first chess tournament in a while yeah i heard about it you yeah. did you did you tied for second yeah congratulations did you make any money hundred bucks. Hey, there you go. When you subtract entry fee and gas and food and tolls for the weekend, it's about a $10 profit. That's $10 profit, dude. Yeah. Gain any points? Nope. Lost three. Oh, what? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, my loss was to a guy who was much lower rated and two of my wins were against guys who were much, much lower rated. Oh, yeah. So it didn't net out even though I went three and one. Yep. Played pretty badly, but I think it was just shake and rust mostly. Yeah. But like... There were moments where I was really putting it together, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was fun. 
Um, and I have watched the first two episodes of What If. Yes, I have only watched the first episode of What If. Yeah, you told me to be caught up on it for last week, except it ended up not being relevant because we didn't do what you've been up to. And I exactly. thought, he's going to talk about both episodes this week. I need to be all caught up. And so you know what I did? I came home on my lunch break where I have like a half an hour just to do did everything you really? I need. And watched episode of What If yesterday and today. Yep. Well, now I feel bad. <laughs> wow, I'm the jackass now. Yep. Well, let's talk about the first one. <laughs> let's talk about the first one, Captain Carter. Um, So I watched it, and I thought, eh, it's fine. And then I sat on it for a day, and I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Because I watched it, and I was like, yeah, it's fine. And I sat on it for a day, and I was like, yeah, it's still fine. Okay. <laughs> I, um, my, I got to think back because I talked to our friend Carter about this extensively mm. um, and also talked to Kaylin about it. And she mm. kind of had the same concerns. I got to think about what they are. I'm stalling. What do you think? So I can think about what my points were. <laughs> um, In general, it felt like kind of a safe episode and in so doing ended up being kind of bland um it was just like let's just tell the same story but we'll switch right who's doing what right and there's some fun little edges to the the characters it's like oh look he's got the iron man suit yeah 70 years early but it's more of just like a hey isn't that kind of cool there's not really any exploring the contours of what would make it different yes okay thank you i (laughs) we we have the same opinion Mm -hmm. in general um uh so it felt like there was, it felt like a summary of a movie, mm-hmm. like a cokehead summary of a movie. Um, yeah. Like it went too quickly and you really didn't get an explanation for a lot of big changes. And with mm-hmm. something like this, you kind of need that. Yeah. Um, especially for the approach that it takes to, speak to a casual audience i think Mm -hmm. is the phrase that i want to use or sentence um so i'll say this uh to help my point i am comparing actively what if to love death and robots and black mirror because Mm. okay anthology interesting like difference of what you know Okay. Is kind of the premise of these of these shows. So mm-hmm. like Love Death and Robots is like future that's different or not even future but just like different mm-hmm. of real life. And same thing with Black Mirror is like mm-hmm. different thing of real life. Right. And so What If is a different thing of the MCU and the people who are going to mm-hmm. be watching it are people who have seen the MCU. Right. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um and so it the thing is with love death and robots and black mirror, it's not for a strictly speaking casual audience. The people who watch them tend to be the kind of people who want to get more from the, from what they're watching, like Mm -hmm. themes and commentaries and like ideas and themes. Yeah. And, uh, so that's something that I feel is severely lacking in the first episode. I don't mm-hmm. know about the second episode or the future episodes. Right. Um, but the first episode of any show is your step is your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Typically. Yeah. And so I am immediately extrapolating my opinions to the entire show. And I'm mm-hmm. not particularly interested in watching the rest of them. Okay. Um, because it feels like it's trying to do love death and robots 
or Black Mirror without actually saying anything. Okay. Yeah. It just... To me, I took it a little more surface level, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of self-indulgent fun. Yeah. There's some little in-jokes. Yeah. Um, it's like, you could have taken my arm off. Oh, Bucky yeah. says that. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's cute. Yeah. I chuckled. Sure. And that's like... It, it's weird. It feels like it's just below my threshold of interest mm-hmm. because the MCU has not been something that's really trying to say something. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't go into a Marvel movie and being like, wow, I'm going to get some great like human human condition themes and leave this with some sort of existential question right um but i want to get something from it because that's, I, that's yeah, just what yeah, i want from from media and um it just i didn't get i didn't walk away from that episode with anything yeah um i, I agree and i i feel like i deviated a lot from my initial point of it feels like a cokehead summary um it like the iron man suit mm-hmm Oh, okay. That's a thing, I guess. Why? What made that a thing this time that wasn't a thing last time? What do you mean? In the real Captain America movie. Why wasn't it a thing then? Oh, yeah, exactly. Like There had to be some difference. Yeah, and I I can understand the the argument that... I mean, this is stuff that like you can, you can argue explanations mm-hmm. for all of it. Um, I maintain that that is not what you should have to do with mm-hmm. media in general yeah no it <laughs> this feels like the sort of show that uh, we've done this before we've done butterfly effect episodes where we talk about making a mm-hmm. small change to a particular piece of media and extrapolating out the ripple expense. uh what was the fun one we decided was it mary is or pippin is the most important character in the entire lord of the rings i think so i think it was pippin <laughs> what a what a weird twist that's <laughs> good is that out did we ever yeah, release it? I, That's I think out? we've released. Yeah, there's a couple of those. Out we don't there. have a video of it, but uh, but it exists. Yep, it's out there somewhere. It's out there somewhere, buried in our SoundCloud. There's butterfly effect, and then probably moth effect. Yep, I think. Um, but anyway, point is, the fun part of that was not just like random plot point, random plot point. The fun part of it was okay. This change, how does that extend? Right. And these, the what if show feels like it should be that sort of type of discussion where Mm -hmm. it's like okay but then there's this minute change that pushes over and does this thing yeah well how does that affect this character how do how does that affect this situation over here it i mean it kind of did a little bit but it like you said there's a lot of stuff that just comes out of there was um there was cause and effect like so uh, the 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 correct execution of it would be cause effect effect like cause effect effect becomes cause effect effect becomes cause effect like you see that mm-hmm. very clearly right but with this one it was like cause and effect and all of these parallel uh changes that can't mm-hmm. be tied directly to that decision yeah um and that i think is what made it like the iron man suit mm-hmm. the like the argument could be made oh i mean uh howard stark even said in the movies i'm limited by the power of the technology of my time getting the tesseract would probably help him that definitely but why steve he has never shown any proficiency in the field his Mm -hmm. thing is that he's a good man and given the ability to be powerful in the field would be a fantastic shoulder uh, soldier Mm -hmm. but like 
it felt weird that like I, I I kind of get it. I kind of get the point that like the Iron Man suit is what gives him that ability because he's a good man, but he has no tactical like right actual uh, experience in the field. Mm-hmm. Like that's the difference between what happened in the movie, which is a good man becomes a super soldier. Mm-hmm. And the show is that a good man became just a soldier with also like this Iron Man suit. But yeah, but we could have given that to somebody who also was yeah. a fantastic fighter. Yeah. Bucky, for example. Sure. <laughs> apparently. Um, and it's just it. I I didn't. And then the 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 squid thing. Interesting. Very out of left field. Oh, completely out of left field. There is nothing in the movie like it should have been a very close parallel of the movie of how things changed. Mm-hmm. But like it 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 wasn't. Yeah. It felt like and also, sorry, I'm just really remembering everything now. In the movie, the spy dude that take that bites the tooth mm-hmm. Waited until the experiment proved to be successful before stealing the serum mm-hmm. because he needed to see that it was successful. Right. In this, he took it first, yep. which is that's not the decision. No. That like so it's I and so like this is me saying all of this now is exactly what made me go from eh, it's fine to I really didn't like it. There's you far from home. I it. far from homed it. Yeah, Do I, you know that Spider-Man Far From Home is Rotten Tomatoes' seventy seventh best movie of all time. Man, I should watch that again and maybe not hate it as much. <laughs> but also, I have my own opinions. Group think be damned. <laughs> we'll get into it next week. <laughs> oh yeah. Call ahead. Call ahead to, yeah, we're about to record, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, that's, those are my thoughts on that. No, I I generally agree with what you're saying, but I felt it was easier for me to just turn my brain off and enjoy the kind of... That's fair. Self-indulgent fun action. And I liked the, it made no sense, but I liked the little interdimensional, yeah, that's what the Tesseract's for. Of course, that's what's going to happen. There's Mm -hmm. no explanation of why that happens here and doesn't happen in the movie. It's cool. Yeah. Second episode's better. Is it? Okay. It's quite a bit better. It um, it has more of a sense of humor, I think. Um, and it is much more about like, it thinks more clearly, I think, about, okay, if we made this change, what sort of implications is that going to have for the universe? How is this going to change how future storylines might play out? Okay. Um, yeah. It's it's well done. Okay. Not without its flaws, but right. generally really fun. And it's... I think it's also better because it doesn't just try to retell the story of the movie. Because that's one flaw with the Captain Carter episode. It just tells the Captain America movie. But with, like, different... It just yeah. kind of swapped out the text. Yeah. They uh, they reskin the movie, basically. Yeah. And cram it into a half hour. Yeah. Which is your cook and summary problem. Yep. But the second one, it's it's much more compact. It Like, it's a couple minutes of setup. And then it's like, okay, we're going to tell this one single little story. That's the sort of story we can tell in 25 mm-hmm. minutes and it works. It works better. Okay. I will watch it mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. Big day tomorrow for me. So I'll watch it later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All mean, right. Don't let your expectations get too high, right. but it's significantly better than the first. Okay. Anything else? Nope. That's it. All right. I, uh, I continuing my reading stuff uh reading comics i have read the new 52 
I believe it's the entirety of the New 52 run of Red Hood and the Outlaws, which follows Jason Todd post-Death and Rebirth, and also um, the whole story of his rebirth, that apparently there's a lot to it, that Mm -hmm. it happened... I will explain that in a second. Uh, Red Hood, uh, Arsenal, also known as Roy Harper, who also was uh, Red Arrow, who also was Speedy, who also is man with the most nicknames in the comics. <laughs> uh, yep. Used to be Green Arrow sidekick. So you got ex-Batman sidekick who likes to kill people. Mm-hmm. And now you have uh, ex-Green Arrow sidekick who likes to kill people. So to see a trend here. very close parallel. And then Starfire, the warrior sex princess from a different planet. Not much of a sidekick there. <laughs> Likes to kill people. Yeah. Okay. There's um, the three lines. So broad thoughts. The whole thing's not very good. Um, it feels like they, it, it feels clunky in like it's storytelling. Like it, mm. it has, it has a lot of, things to just try to do like just Mm -hmm. plot beats to hit and so it just kind of like pushes you through them all a lot for like the first 20 issues um one of the major problems i have with it is you have sidekick from batman non-superhero dude you have sidekick from green arrow non-superhero dude and then you have space princess Mm -hmm. and so literally nothing feels uh power equivalent mm-hmm. to their team it's either they're fighting gangsters and this woman who can just literally send the power of the sun through people just absolutely <laughs> suns people <laughs> and then you have sudden space adventure where these two people with no superpowers and no space experience can just kind of do anything like they, they just yeah. like are up there and then arsenal who i guess is just a technological genius can like hot wire spaceships don't know when that became a thing for him he just just, shoots a bow good yeah they're just Um, cars with wings and it's (laughs) it it was not a good adding starfire to it was a terrible idea feels like it for so many reasons and i'm a male so i feel like i don't really have much um room to speak with this thing but oh my god hypersexualization i bet the whole thing all the time it never goes away Mm -hmm. and it's just like she exists to be either sex appeal plot device like deus ex machina i need like these guys are gonna die until she shows up um or uh that's pretty much it that sounds about right. Those are the two roles that she f- uh, fits in. Mine too, in life. <laughs> Sex appeal and saving the saving the day. Saving the day with literal <laughs> sun powers. Yep. Um, and then it uh, the new fifty two. It's very prevalent with this one. Uh, one of the one of the many problems with the new fifty two again. To explain to people who don't know what this is, uh, DC Comics started everything from issue number one in 2011. It was a terrible idea. 
Uh, it's fraught with issues. I'll do an episode on it eventually. I think I've touched Porsche's on. Porsche's got a lot of issues. They've got fifty-two lines running at once, and they've got issues all over the. I don't think it's actually fifty-two. No. Also, I think I just got your joke. Were you making a joke, or were you talking about actually them having fifty-two lines running at the same time? We'll we'll pretend that I wasn't making a joke because clearly it wasn't very funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, a. It picks up, despite starting at number one, it picks up a lot of the plot threads from prior to that. Mm -hmm. So what was happening in 2010 and nine. And so they're just like, oh, Jason Todd was trained by what's this assassin thing that is new? It's just some new, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about this. Some new organization that runs everything. Yep. <laughs> There's that, a billion of those. Secretly organized all the other secret organizations yeah. from before. <laughs> um, well, it's not necessarily that. It's like a secret ancient organization thing yeah. that exists. Even and just more ancient things. and even more secret. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it just, it has that problem where it's like, oh, Jason Todd did this. And also it doesn't, uh, Arsenal's story doesn't line up at all like it actually changes i think uh oh. they try to play it off that it's uh his bad memory and like so like the unreliable narrator trope but it doesn't work it just Ooh. so wait so he oliver queen picked him up here and he did this stuff and he did all the weapons for oliver queen and then he found out that oliver queen was green arrow and was like mad and left that's what they did the second time mm-hmm. the first time uh he became red arrow for a little bit so which was it did he realize that like they played out the scene mm-hmm. when he realizes that he's green arrow and resigns immediately and goes and gets drunk like that's it there is no being red arrow and huh. so like it just it's there's too many writers they're not on the same page. Yep. It's the worst. It's so annoying. So all in all, not fantastic. Okay. That's Red Arrow or Red Hood and the Outlaws. Okay. Um, I've heard that the next rendition is fantastic. Guess who's missing from it? Anne Nascenti. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. She's just, yeah. No, it's... Uh, Starfire. It's, it's, yeah, so it's uh, Red Hood and, and Arsenal, the two characters that are very similar but different personalities and they line very well they should play really well and so apparently they do apparently that like the next rendition of the story is fantastic Mm -hmm. and then in the later like 2017 18 uh when it becomes red hood outlaw apparently that's like fantastic all right so yeah bummer to just read the really crappy new 52 run can't wait to be done with the new 52 dude Hmm. i it's i wish i didn't suck myself into this hole yeah and for people who are saying just don't stop buying it i can't i i i'm a completionist like my i get so much satisfaction from completing things Mm -hmm. that i am more than halfway i'm far more than halfway done with new video i have to see it through also i've said in so many episodes recently that i'm getting to the point where they realized having so many writers writing a bunch of different lines is a terrible idea and they trim it down to just several good ones yep for the most part so i'm excited to see what's happening we'll see i think that's it i was gonna talk about what if 
uh, that was my other thing. So we can talk about that already. Cool. Yep. All right. News. News. What's happened? We got Eternals trailer. We got another Eternals trailer. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I don't really care. This movie looks weird. Yeah. I'm kind of in favor of weird, but I don't know if it's going to be good weird. Um. I was hoping they were going to do something a little more interesting with the plot than, hey, here are the bad versions of us. We have seven days to stop them. Yeah. Magical shenanigans. Seems very bland. Yeah. the I mean, the one thing that's interesting to me and that I think is interesting to a lot of Marvel fans out there is the um, the Celestial. Yeah. That we got. Big, scary, red dude. Yep. The big, scary, red, not face yep. thing. Um, and this kind of in conjunction with Loki... I feel, um, and probably eventually with Multiverse of Madness, feels like um, so far what we've had in the MCU has kind of been establishing a bunch of players in the game. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of this stuff is getting a lot bigger and establishing the like the playing field. Yeah. This is the nature of the universe. These are the rules of the universe. Um, it's all just one big quest for the MCU god. Yeah. The end of... The end of cycle two, they have to fight Stanley. I feel like the problem that I'm feeling with the MCU moving forward mm-hmm. is the stakes aren't gonna be that high. Okay. Um or they're going to be unreachably high and just feel inauthentic. That's fair. So what are the stakes of the Eternals? Is like what the deviants are gonna do? Bad things. Who are the deviants? The evil Eternals, the monster dudes that come Kay. out of the ocean. I feel like Chloe Zhao has proven that she can do a, a set a universe and tell a story with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen No Man Land yet? Not yet. I will it before Eternals. Does a fantastic job of just like telling you the world through the story basically mm-hmm. um and so while i feel like this movie is just going to be a big exposition expo probably <laughs> uh i feel while i feel like it's going to be that i trust that chloe yeah chloe Zhao. i, <laughs> I thought chelsea for a second <laughs> uh i trust that chloe Zhao can tell that story effectively mm-hmm. um however I feel like the stakes are not going to be felt after Thanos. Yeah. I think you can get pretty good stakes out of stuff where you're invested in the characters. So we have our issues with far from home as a movie, Mm -hmm. but it works really well on a stakes level because it's about the character. Right. And we care about the character and we, care about the character situation yeah eternals they're going to introduce us to seven Seven new new characters characters, and we have to feel stakes for at least one of them yep and if honestly i'm so emotionally attached to um rob i hang on nope i don't got it nicholas holt yep that's it (laughs) (laughs) um i feel like it's gonna be him if okay so if they go for character stakes it will be his because they're going there. So much of the trailers are focused on him directly. I feel like if we're going to get character stakes in this movie, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't 
introduce a bunch of characters in a movie and expect us to have emotional connection to all of them, Zack Snyder. You need to... It's... I feel like I I don't know. I I also trust Chloe Zhao. I've seen one of her movies. I genuinely love it. And so I maybe she's going to do a good job. See, I are there I would have said the same thing, but Captain Marvel made by Anna Boden and Ryan Flack. Right. They made Mississippi Grind, which is Yeah. is probably it's in my top 15 movies of the decade. Yeah. Great movie. I really love it. Captain Marvel's just kind of fine. So, here's an example of an ensemble movie where you do get a bunch of characters. Let's see if you can guess it. You get a bunch of characters all introduced. All of them have very unique personalities and skills and stuff. But the entire movie is based around one character's stakes. Munich. Okay, that's fair. I was thinking <laughs> Ocean's Eleven. Oh, you... you get 11 people. Yeah. You can identify every single one. Almost all of them. Kaylin has trouble identifying the twins. Literally all through all three movies. She was like, who's that guy? That's one of the twins. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Affleck's brother. Yeah, exactly. That's actually the other one that she could never. Oh, yeah. She no, never land. He's pretty nondescript. Yeah. Um, but I f- it's got to be something like that with Eternals. It's Unless you've seen Hawaii Five-0. like you have the main guy, you have his stakes, uh, it, and he's got his friends that help him. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they go like, oh, it's the Richard Madden. There it is. We got it. Curtain. <laughs> um. <laughs> So Richard Madden's character, do we know his name? Yes. Blackagar <laughs> Robagar Starkagon. <laughs> um if this movie tries to say, Oh, we're the Eternals, we've been watching how the uh earthling heroes have been defending against Thanos, we're defending against something bigger. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be such like a hey, he- be scared because you should be scared and not actually making us scared yeah and i don't think it's going to be that because um there is that line in the trailer that's we don't interfere who says so cut to celestial Mm. i think it's more about outlining this is this is some big game that the celestials are playing this is yeah the stakes are not just the saving the world i think that's where the interest is going to come from it's going to be the eternals i wonder if it's going to be a maintain the status quo Mm -hmm. um like they're not trying to save the day they're just trying to maintain secrecy Mm -hmm. and so that's the stakes is like it's i mean they have heroes which i they'll i mean they'll probably have a decent explanation on why they should maintain secret right but like they are told to maintain secrecy Mm -hmm. and so the i can't remember the divert divergence (laughs) Uh, the event thing. The whatever that's called, plot instigator. That that is going to be the threat of that is not necessarily world domination or mm-hmm. death. People, it's just it's like revealing secrecy, no. and that's a decent enough stakes if you land it. If you land the consequence of it mm-hmm. early on, yeah. Um, so. I think it's going to be more they are told the consequences are bad, but don't know entirely know why. And it's them uh, realizing that they're pawns in something else. Okay. That's my speculation. All right. When does that come out? November. When does Spider-Man come out? December. Still don't have a trailer. Did you see the news from uh, Kevin Feige? 
he what announced news from he, Kevin Feige. He told us when we'll get the trailer. Oh, I didn't see that. When are we going to get the trailer? Before the movie. My guy, Kevin. What a dick. He got jokes. <laughs> God, I don't even know. I mean, what are they waiting for? Uh, enough certainty that the movie's not going to get pushed back. That's fair. Venom Let There Be Carnage got pushed back. Did it? Not long. I think it's like a month. Oh. But I think it's back to October now. Are we done talking about Eternals? Probably. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure we were before. Icarus. That's Richard Madden's character's name. Okay. It's spelled I-K-R-I-S. Oh, well, also, one other thing. Um, apparently, people are losing their minds that uh, he they stole uh, heat vision or the, the laser vision from Superman, from Zack Snyder's. Thing. I, it's a power. Yeah. And there's only so many ways you can really, like, portray that power. Yeah. And also... Even if it was inspired by that, by Superman and Man of Steel. Cool. Inspiration by a decently well done, uh, like, uh, take on it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Who cares? Get get up. Get off. Yeah. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's always taking ideas from everything. Yep. There is nothing original. That made me existentially sad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Anyway. News. What other news? Other news. Uh, we got a trailer for Foundation. I saw that we got the trailer. I don't even know what that is. That's uh, the sci-fi book that's, well, trilogy that's even bigger than Dune. Aw. Is it going to overshadow Dune? <laughs> no, because it's a TV show. Oh, okay. And it's not coming out. Is right it? Away. So it's sci-fi? Yep. Isaac Asimov. Um wrote the trilogy it's about the basic premise is there's the big galactic empire and then there's the one guy who realizes with mathematical certainty that it's going to collapse in the near future oh and so he sets out uh with his small group of believers to um preserve all of the information that humanity will need to restart civilization effectively hmm i read it when i was like 13 i don't remember it very well all right i'll have to reread it before but I have to reread Dune first. Yes. We're doing an episode on Dune soon. In like 10 days. Dune's coming soon and I need to finish the book by noon. And you really scraped for that last one. Anyway. Anyway. Yes, you have to read Dune. You don't have to read Dune. I want to read Dune. Okay. Our guest for that week is also reading Dune. Like reading it again mm-hmm. before then. I'm not. I'll just take you guys. Like I've got so much to read. Fair as enough. it is i'm also halfway through another book i don't want to just like in the middle of it yeah i did just one. finish a book so i'm in a good spot for it yeah anyway anyway uh yeah no the trailer for someone who has very little investment in the property i'm like yeah that looks pretty interesting that looks pretty good um i watched it with hannah and she knows nothing about it and mm-hmm. she's like yeah we should maybe get apple tv so we can watch that and I was oh it's like, apple tv yeah and I was like, hey, I still have Apple TV because I, I forgot to cancel my subscription after I watched Jess Defending Jacob. Wow, you've been paying for it this long and not using it at all? That is <laughs> yep. amazing. Yep. Wow, okay, anyway. Anyway, Foundation, it's coming to Apple TV. If I were paying attention and had written things down, I would know when it's coming out. Oh, it's coming out on October 77th. So that would be like... <laughs> 
I don't know why I said I was meant to, I, I meant to actually say a real date and then <laughs> Yep. Oh no, it's uh it's coming out September twenty fourth. I was actually shooting for like a relatively early thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, right. it's gonna 2022? be twenty twenty two? No. Okay. It's gonna be bad though. Is it? It has Lee Pace in it. Oh man. Poor Lee Pace. Yeah, he's a good actor. No. That's not strictly speaking true. Because Two Towers is good. He's not in Two Towers. What's he in? Hobbit. Hobbit! Oh, that's right. Yeah. Who was I? I drew a blank. Anyway, (laughs) any other news? Uh, We're getting a Black Canary movie. At least DC has said as much. But they say things like that a lot. (sighs) Who played Black Canary again? Uh, Journey Smollett. Did I like her in that? Yeah. I did? Okay, cool. Thank you for maintaining my opinions. You're, you're you my have no opi- idea whether you did or not. I, yeah, you're like my opinion archive. You could just like totally lie to me about how I felt about something. Mm-hmm. Screenshot. Dune director optimistic there will be a sequel under one condition. Yeah. Okay. That's the thing. Uh, so uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, said that New Line and Warner are like 100% behind the movie. And Until it's going it loses to $150 million. Well, and that's the thing. It's like it's. It, the only reason for it to not have like the sequel to not be greenlit is if it does absolutely horribly. Like he has a, so much confidence that it's going to do like enough. He's mm-hmm. already like halfway through writing the second one. Like he's I it, that's exciting. Dune. 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 How Dune are you for Dune? Oh, Dune. So Dune for Dune. Dune. I'm so sorry for everybody who doesn't care about Dune. But also, I feel so bad for them that they don't, that, that Dune, mm-hmm. they don't Dune Dune. You could be Duning Dune You could be right Duning Dune. At this very moment. And here you're listening to two idiots on the internet. Duning about Dune. What are you Duning with your life? Yeah. Anything else? Uh, Captain America 4 has been confirmed. Yes. Starring Anthony Mackie Yay. in the title role. Captain Falcon. Captain America. I feel like it's. I mean, yeah, it's just it's Captain America. Captain America. Yeah, probably his his little Air Force buddy from the show is going to be Captain or Falcon now. Oh yeah, I think he does become Falcon at some point in the comics. Okay. Oh, he actually exists in the comics. Yeah. All right. Everyone always does. Have you read the Winter Soldier run? Nope. You got to read that. Yep. Apparently, it's great. Yep. You're the Marvel guy. Yep. Barely. Yep. Anything else? Thirteenth time I've said that in this episode. Um, I don't know if we wanted to touch on the whole Jeopardy thing. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> that was so quick. Hey, new guy. Mm, never mind. <laughs> Yikes. Ooh. Uh, Which does that kind of feel like a James Gunn situation to you? I I okay. I'm not going to answer that because I don't know. I only know the surface level of he was. I don't even remember his name. He was hired. Mike Richards. Mike Richards. He was hired. A bunch of shit in his past came out. uh, It's not even a bunch. It was. I mean, he's apparently a fairly sketchy dude. Yeah. Um, But the thing that they have called him on was some anti-Semitic stuff. Not even. It was just like some tasteless sexist jokes on a podcast oh okay 
Um, our entire shtick. No, we don't really go for that. That's our no, humor. that's not no, our humor. That's not us. Um, in fact, we actively get uncomfortable if we start like, like yeah. literally me talking about the Captain Falcon to Captain America thing. I like started being like, hmm, is that racist? Like not attributing the <laughs> Captain America title to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Anyway, yeah. uh, you and your white guilt. I have no idea. Um, it could be. Um, I think it. I, I I don't know. It all depends on what he's like now. I think that's the defining element of what the James Gunn situation is, is that he is very clearly not that anymore. Right. Um, with so many character witnesses of people who know him intimately, they're just like, this yeah. is not the person he is anymore. Yeah. Um, and so if we have that kind of like, um, rebuttal, mm-hmm. I guess for, uh, Mike, Mike Richards, Richards, man, I'm so bad at names. Uh, if we have that sort of like rebuttal, I think it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's going to get rehired because no. it's inconsequential they've, enough. They've got a lot of good contenders anyway. Yeah. It's not like they're hurting. Um, so I will not be surprised if in three weeks, nobody remembers this happening. Yeah. Cause does anyone even pay attention to jeopardy anymore? I kind of do because like Aaron Rodgers. Do you know anything about the Aaron Rodgers situation? You follow football enough? No. Okay. So he's quarterback for the Green Bay Packers and okay. probably one of the best in the league. Um, and has been unhappy with certain managerial decisions by the higher ups in the Packers organization over okay. the past couple of years and was threatening to basically quit. He either um, was wanting to be traded or was going to retire. And he was a guest host on Jeopardy! when they've been doing all these guest hosts yeah. and apparently did a really good job. Oh. And <laughs> said afterwards, I could see myself doing this for the rest of my life. That would life. be hilarious. Yeah. I, I mean, that's like a, <laughs> uh, that's a better version of the Terry Crews. Like he was yeah. football for so long and then just became a very great actor. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, I think what settles the Mike Richards issues for me is he's got a stupid punchable little face. Look at his stupid, punchable little face. Yeah. Not as bad as Matt Gates. <laughs> Am not I wrong, political, though? But you are so not wrong on that one. <laughs> it's just... I just... Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we've gotten a little more political in this episode than we typically do. Yeah. A couple times we've touched on politics. Yeah. Let's end this episode okay, because let's, of that. Uh, let's shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, if you're listening to this, it's the audio version. But if you want to see our stupid punchable little faces, they're on <laughs> YouTube. We have video versions, a little 15 minute, nice edited down stuff. It's uh, it's good. It's the most the mm, the least bad content. There it is. Gage chops it together for us into into some meaningful stuff. Um, you want an even more condensed version? Preston did a little TikTok of us from our Disney episode. You want to talk about that for a moment? I did. I uh, I, I made a TikTok. I'm um, I want to get better at video editing. I, I'm learning how to do literally everything in a company so that I can make intelligent business owner decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of that is learning how to do uh, Instagram stuff. So all the Instagram stuff that's coming out uh, is made by me. Uh, I do send it to our marketing, our mm-hmm. badass marketing team um to get their approval sure. uh mostly ak's approval mm-hmm. her approval means a lot to me uh, <laughs> um 
so if it's hot garbage, it's not them. It's me. Uh, <laughs> um, at just us losers pod. Yes. Uh, and then also I've been working on video editing stuff. And part of that, I'd take uh, the video once it's uploaded. Cause it takes forever to transfer footage right. from gauge to me. Uh, and I chop it down and I find uh, gauge finds clippable bits mm-hmm. and I put them together and I will put them on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, my TikTok is, I don't remember what it is. Bucky12752. Yes. How? I I'll, mean, it's easy I'll explain, enough. I'll explain later. Okay. I mean, it's also Bucky127 is my profile everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then 52. Classic. Yeah. Um, Better than 69. Anyway. Uh, So, yeah, you can go like follow me on TikTok, I guess. I'll be attempting to post clips of our uh, video stuff there. um, So you can see even even more condensed little uh little bits of the stuff yeah. uh keep in mind it's not all of it right like if you watch not. it and you're like wow that i wish they would have discussed this we might have we probably did i literally it's a fifth of like at maximum mm-hmm. it is a fifth of the full content yep. um it's more likely going to be like a 20th like five yep. percent of it yeah uh so yeah you can go check that out see if like that things we say in that ep- in yeah. that video are interesting like that's even like a, a little taste of it and then little, you can decide if you want to go watch the 15 minutes then you watch the 15 minutes then you can decide if you want to watch the listen to the whole full, full thing yeah this um, is a great thing to send to your friends these little yes, TikToks. definitely a good a thing to send to your friends interesting nuggets little points of conversation little clips of quips little clips I was, of quips. i was sitting on that when you're talking about <laughs> clips a minute ago and i had to work it in yep uh bucky12752 Go do that thing. Yeah. Check it out. Back to finding an instrument. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We're on social media. We mentioned the Instagram. Preston has put some pretty good looking stuff on there. I'm impressed. It looks good to me. I'm glad I'm not putting the work. Exactly. That's at just us losers pod. Uh, We're also on Twitter. The same handle. Although we don't have as much quality content there at this particular time. I do have an automatic uh, Twitter post. It will tweet every week once our uh, audio goes up. Look at that. I did a thing. Good stuff. Set up a thing. Nice. Um, let's see. We're on Facebook, nominally. Uh, we have a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com. Uh, next week, our episode is going to be talking about rating systems and how we rate movies and why we rate movies and should we rate movies and if so, how so. It's going to be an interesting conversation. If you have just some thoughts to contribute, you have missed your window. We're going to record <laughs> that episode in about 30 seconds. <laughs> but the week after that, we're talking about Dune. If you got thoughts on Dune, if Dune has impacted your life in some way, if you are super Dune for Dune, email us. Tell us about it. JustUsLosersPod at gmail.com, and we will contribute those thoughts to the discussion. It'll be fun. Maybe. If they're good thoughts. If they're bad thoughts and have negativity and bring a bad aura, we'll we'll delete the email. It'll go in the spam folder with the um, mail order Russian brides and the uh, the little casino apps. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.